Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Start Local podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping businesses in Chester County, Pennsylvania, and the greater Philly area. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. I'm here with my co-host, Liam Dempsey. And today, our guest is Michael Grigolonis, Chief Operating Officer and Executive Vice President at the Chester County Economic Development Council. Mike, how are you today? Doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Liam. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. I I, I read in a blog post this morning on the the CCEDC's website, I think it was, that the the last three weeks have been the busiest of your entire career. And before I get into asking you about what it's been like and, and how your office and organization has been responding to the coronavirus, tell us a little bit about who you are and your role at the Chester County Economic Development Council and what you do there. Sure, yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, so I've been at the Chester County Economic Development Council, I think for purposes of this conversation, we'll refer to it as CCEDC, so I don't have to get that mouthful out every time. But uh, I've been at CCEDC for about 20 years now. Uh, joined there back in uh, 1999 as a graduate intern, actually, from Villanova University and uh, have been there since. Uh, so I've, and for, I guess, for the last 15 years, so I've served as a chief operating officer. Um, and my responsibilities range from management and administrative stuff from budgets and personnel and those types of things to programmatic things, uh, whether that be uh, some international business programs or some workforce programs over the years, uh, various programs, you know, over the course of 20 years. So it's, it's kind of a hybrid role, both programmatic as well as management and administration. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic organization. It's why I've been there for 20 years. It's got a great board great volunteer leadership, very active executive committee that really <clears throat> gets into the into the trenches with us to figure out strategies and, and directions for which the organization ought to take. So really, really enjoyed it and proud to to uh, have worked for CCDC for so many years and with some, some great colleagues. And uh, yeah, I think I'll kind of cut it there and maybe dive into some of the content here with you guys. Yeah, that sounds great. I, as, I just have a, a question, you know, it's You've been at this for 20 years, so uh, this is not the first economic downturn you've seen. And uh, maybe before we get into the uh, current event stuff, what what were some of the challenges that you saw and how is it different from maybe, say, the 2008-2009 the recession? That's the one that I'm most familiar with because uh, I'm uh, 34 years old. Uh, so that's the one that I remember the most. Um, can you, yeah, can you give us a little bit of insight on that? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I looking back, I I cannot say that this one is is anything like 2008. I mean, this has been so acute, I guess, up until like through the end of February, things were cranking along. I know just from talking to business, our own organization, just everything, it was it was just kind of business as usual and then all of a sudden, you talk about falling off a cliff. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, to answer your question, I don't, I don't really see them being comparable at all. I mean, 2008, 2009, 2007, whatever the exact timing was, was, was 
certainly painful, and but it was much more gradual, and you could kind of see it coming, and there were trends emerging, and whereas this one was just all of a sudden you snap the finger, and the entire economy was shut off like a light switch. Uh, and so I don't know that ever in the history of tracking economies has has that experiment ever been conducted, and and um, nor did I think any of the leadership, whether it be in D.C. or Harrisburg or wherever, really know what would happen. Uh, I, I think from a public health standpoint, everyone agreed it was necessary, but no one quite knew what would happen to the economy. And we've seen it. We're living it. And it's uh, it's 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 dramatic. And um, it's you know, it's it's I, I was expecting it to be dramatic, but I think it even exceeded what I might have contemplated. So um, it's a long winded answer, but I think that uh, I, I don't really see a comparison. Thanks. Yeah, I think that helps kind of set the stage a little bit. So you've been at the front line, so to speak, helping businesses. And and I know from speaking with some of your colleagues and from what I read on the blog post this morning that it's been busy and you're seeing businesses, you know, when we say small, you know, what does the federal government say small? Anything under something like 500 or 1,000 employees. And for Joe and I, those are big businesses, but, but you've been seeing all sorts. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you have seen in an economic sense and what, what are the very real kind of anecdotes that are crossing your desk and your colleague's desk. And then maybe also touch on what you and your colleagues have been doing over the last few weeks to respond and to help. Yeah, I, I think what we have seen is that I've not talked to a business yet, and I've talked to a lot of them, uh, and I've not found one that hasn't been impacted. Of course, some have been impacted much more than others. I mean, your retail and your Main Street businesses are being impacted dramatically. And I guess from an, from our perspective, we've worked a lot with those types of business, much more than we normally would. They were the ones that have been most active with the first round of of funding and and I, I guess I should back up for a second. So immediately when this happened, when when Chester County went into this the stay at home, if you recall, we went we went stay at home a little bit before some of the other parts of the state. So as soon as that happened, we partnered with the county and with the the county chamber to conduct a business impact assessment to try to get our arms around where were the business heads, what is it that they really needed, and what came away really, really loud and clear was they were desperate for capital. Uh, even though it was only a week, two weeks, a lot of these small businesses are operating on very thin margins. And to shut that revenue off for a couple of weeks was was really, really uh, difficult for them. And so they were all desperate to, to see cash. And so uh, once we learned that, we knew we had to be really aggressive. And of course, we have, we have a seven-person loan team. That, that's one of our core competencies. It's what we do a core piece of what we do for you know year round in a normal cycle so we were we were well prepared to do that but knew that we also had to take other people William you know people like Jim Lochner and Patrick Hayakawa folks like that that don't normally get involved in loan programs we had to bring them into the fray so we could handle the demand we knew we were going to get and uh, we were not wrong the application period ended or opened I think it was two weeks ago tomorrow um, and we got in a matter of 24 hours, we got a couple hundred applications. It opened on a Wednesday afternoon. By Sunday, I think we had almost 400 applications. Uh, and these were not insignificant. These were not one-page applications that required you to pull financials and pull 
debt schedules and, and uh, tax returns. Uh, so there was some effort that companies had to do to, to put this application forth. And so the, the, the demand for that program, it's not just Chester County, that was statewide. I mean, there are thousands and thousands of applications received. Uh, proud to say that in Chester County, we were able to process 112 of those 400 plus applications that we got. Process meaning make sure all the documentation was there, do some basic underwriting, package that and submit it to the, to the state. So anecdotally, I'm told that was the largest or the highest amount of applications submitted by anyone in the state. So, um, you know, we're proud that we were able to respond and adapt as quickly as we could. We're, you know, certainly disappointed that we couldn't fund every business. There are many out there that are disappointed. Candidly, some are angry. Uh, it, was, it was really a first come, first serve process. We had no other choice. That's how it was kind of positioned at the state level as well. So, um, you know, we worked as hard as we could for Chester County to get as many applications in there as we could. Uh, and again, unfortunately, we couldn't, we couldn't, um, couldn't serve everybody. However, there is a federal program that's online now that perhaps you've heard of called the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, and that one has been uh, very aggressively pursued as well, as you, as you would expect. Um, I believe I heard yesterday after one full day, they had the, this is nationally, but they had $35 billion of applications in day one. Um, so that, that program is, is in high demand. We're not directly involved in that. We're, that has to go through a bank. And so we have been supportive in, in trying to help companies navigate that and understand what the, the program is and some of the rules and the nuances that are in there. Um, and we've also supported some banks, we have some bank partners that we work with on a regular basis to help them process SBA loans. This program ha happens to be running through the SBA. So we do have some expertise that we've been able to lend to some of our bank partners as well, because a lot of it is foreign to them. I mean, they, they know what the SBA is, but going through an SBA process is a little different than what a typical commercial bank might be used to. So we've been able to, I think, be helpful, helpful there as well. So the, the real need that, that businesses have right now is cash, is capital. And so the state program kind of rolled out first. The federal, the, the PPP program is out there now. And I know businesses are really working hard to try to submit those applications uh, now. So that, that's what we're in the mode of now on, on the sort of on the business side. I mean, certainly some of the workers that have been displaced have their own challenges with unemployment compensation and, and you know, what are they going to do to, um, to, to try to make sure that they can stay financially stable. Um, but, but our focus to this point has been really on trying to get capital into the businesses. A couple of follow-up questions. SBA is just small business administration. What does SBA stand for, Mike? That's right. Okay. Uh, you're nodding your head. And by just way of comparison, you said you got about 400 applications for these loans through the state that your office was able to uh, package up and prepare for, for approval and send off to Harrisburg 112. Is that something your office does on a regular basis? And if so, how many do you normally turn around? You know, what, what are the comparison numbers? You said you got 200 and change in a 24-hour period. Do you normally see 200 and change in a full year? Uh, what does it look like not coronavirus time? Yeah, that's a good question, Liam. And um, so normally we're doing SBA 504 loans for the most part. That's our sweet spot. Then the state has a program called PETA. Those are our two primary products that we use. And I would say that normal volume over the course of a year is 25 to 30 loans over the course of a year, something like that. Uh, now, they're a little bit more involved, the applications and the credit 
underwriting is a little bit more involved than what we just went through here with this current working capital program. However, it still gives you a sense of the scale that we were dealing with and the demand that is out there in the business community. Wow. That's, um, that's a number right there, isn't it? That's a, <laughs> yeah, that is, that's quite a bit. And did you find that it was, I mean, was it all sorts of businesses or was it, would you say mostly the ones that uh, you said are the most impacted, the retail and main street businesses? Well, I would say industry-wise, it was very diverse. I mean, from you know, the, the you know the the from auto body shops to pizza joints to professional services firms. I mean, yeah, I mean every industry was was well well represented. Now, in the state program, it was defined as a hundred employees or less, so we didn't see any you know larger type companies just because they were not eligible for this particular program, but. Uh, yeah, it was a diverse, as I said in the opening, I, mean, I don't think there's a, an industry that was, was spared through this. I mean, certainly some are, are faring better than others, but, but no one has not, has, everyone's been impacted. So that, that period of application has come and gone. I and mean, it sounds from what I'm hearing from you, Mike, is that's the state's first round of support, cash, cash uh, loans and the like is gone. The next step is this federal payroll protection program. One, is that correct? And two, do you know of additional programs, whether they're, you know, in the grass level state, grassroots level, or if there's other things that are on the horizon, either through the state or through the county or through the federal government? Can you, can you speak to what might be still be available? Well, I think, I think the pattern has been that you know, these are massive machines when you're talking about the state government and the federal government. And it takes, unfortunately, it takes them a little bit of time so they can figure out what the legislation is going to be. And then they have to actually roll it out through a programmatic or through, in this case, through the SBA. So it takes a little bit of time to get things kind of developed and, and, and introduced. Uh, and so I think that's why you've seen, okay, the state came along and then the feds came along. And, and I think over the course, again, depending on nobody, that's what's perhaps most frustrating is that no one, there's so much uncertainty. Nobody knows, okay, May 1st, we're all going to open our doors and we're going to be back to life as normal. And I think if we had that certainty, things would be a little bit easier and you can maybe plan for it. And, uh, but we don't have that. And I don't think we're going to have that. So uh, I think, you know, so I, I think there will be more where I'm going with this response is that I think there ultimately are going to be more programs along with this plays out. You know, I've already heard speculation that if this PPP program runs out of money, there's going to be an aggressive push to, you know, to put more money into it. Because I, I think, unfortunately, there are going to be some businesses that don't get to that in time. There's 350 billion, which sounds like a lot, but and it's it's going to go. It's going to go quick because it's as we said, it's it's everybody. If you're if you're under 500 employees, you're going to apply for the PPP program. There's going to be very few exceptions to that. So. Um, I think that there will be new programs. I can't tell you sitting here right now what those programs are going to be, but I think there's a realization on everybody's part that we are going to need to do something. This is a economic uh, environment that we've never, ever been in before. Again, you're talking about an entire world that's been in some ways shut down, an entire country, in, in our case, just completely flipped upside down and it's it's just i think everyone realizes that it's going to take more than just kind of the natural overtime we'll all get back no there's going to be have to be some aggressive injection of public programs 
to try to, you know, recover and jumpstart things. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. Thanks for that, Mike. So Joe, I'm going to jump in and ask if you've got any kind of last minute questions here for, for Mike as we, we come up on our time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. This has been really informative. I think that the, um, maybe the way we should end things is, uh, as listeners, you know, listeners, uh, are going to be hearing this at different points. Where can they find the latest information for what they could do? Or is there anything that they can do kind of today to, uh, find, you know, to, to see if they can get more capital in their hands? Yeah, that's a great question, Joe. And, and I would I would suggest that they keep an eye on our website. We're trying real, real hard to keep that, you know, as current, like up to the half hour, I would say, uh, wow. with information. Uh, and I would also offer our organization as a resource. And one of the things that we tried to do since this is all hit is try to respond to every email, every voicemail. And in the first couple of weeks, there were a lot of them. Uh, but we feel like it's our responsibility to respond to those and at least offer some assistance, offer direction. Um, Cause this is new to people, right? I mean, the SBA and the CCDC, the PETA and all these acronyms, it, it's just overwhelming. It's coming at people, you know, um, in, in dramatic, just <laughs> voluminous amounts that people can't digest. And so what seems maybe simple to us is because we live in the world and we're, we're dealing with acronyms constantly. It's completely foreign to people. So we understand that. And we're, uh, again, committed. We feel a responsibility to really try to help guide businesses as best we can um, through, through this, through this very difficult time. So, so I encourage people to check our website, call us, email us. All of our names are on there, all of our email addresses. Uh, and from, from the CEO all the way down, we're all, you know, there we all work there because we want to help and we, we love our community and we want to make a difference in our community. So um, trust me, you are not bothering us to reach out. We want to help. That's what we're there for. And so uh, that's perhaps a good way to kind of close this out. Awesome. And that website for those of you who are wondering is ccedcpa.com. Uh, we will have a link to that and everything we've talked about, some of the articles and other resources in the show notes over at startlocal.co. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for your time and your information. We really appreciate it. And we hope that uh, the people listening will find that helpful. Thank you both, Joe and Liam. I appreciate the opportunity to, to get the message out there. And uh, it's good being with you guys this afternoon. Thanks, Mike. I know you've been busy. I know you're still busy, but we really appreciate you taking the time to share this important information with the folks in and around Chester County. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Mike for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk to us today to give you some helpful resources on how you can get assistance during the COVID-19 outbreak. I'm sure many of you are impacted by this and the work that Mike is doing uh, and everybody at the uh, the Chester County Economic Development Center, everything that they're doing is geared towards helping small businesses like us. So if you want to learn more, find more information or more resources, you can head over to startlocal.co slash 001. There'll be links and ways to subscribe to the show. And if you want to submit a question, you can submit a question there too. So again, that's startlocal.co dot co slash zero zero one 
Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, stay safe out there.